everyone, and welcome back to the Complete This Game podcast. This is going to be our part two episode in regards to the game Shovel Knight. So first off, if you haven't heard this already, please go back and listen to the first part of this. I interviewed uh, Nick Wozniak, my good friend from Yacht Club Games. We had a fantastic time. That, that, that podcast was all over the place, but it was really wonderful getting to talk to him about what it was like to work on the game, what the future of Shovel Knight looks like, and, and how he feels about the game now looking back. I, th- I think it's just really cool to be able to have that personal interaction with him and, and connection with him. We've talked to the podcast since then, and we had such a great time that he like played it for himself and his wife and stuff, and he, he was very stoked that he did it. And I'm very happy that he did that too, you know? I love opportunities like this, and if you guys think that these are cool, I'd love to do more of these. A lot has changed in the world since the last podcast has come out. If you guys have been following the podcast from the beginning of the show, uh, you will know that a couple of, uh, in the God of War episode, I really opened up about myself and my fears of the business, my personal and mental health. I opened up about being doxxed and about the controversies in the last few years for myself and for the company and just kind of what's been on my mind and fundamentally how it's changed me. And after making that uh, podcast with you guys, I got such a great reception from you all that I felt inclined to make a follow-up video or really a video that got a lot more attention than I would have wanted it to. There's a video on YouTube that I called uh, I Hate Feeling Like This and I described a lot of my problems with the current platform of YouTube and I got railed on a lot by a lot of people and it's, it's very difficult because I didn't I made that video for from you guys, my audience. I didn't make it for the Joe Schmoes out there uh, looking down and, and trying to beat me up. I was trying to voice my concern that I was discovering and feeling because, you know, it's a difficult time. So I want to talk about that video a little bit and, and clear some things up. In that video, I talked about how the YouTube money isn't real. And I agree, yes, it is very much not real. But what I was referring to really is I, I didn't get specific with, with dollars and cents because that's not really the point of my conversation I was trying to have. What I was trying to get at is the YouTube money can disappear overnight. And there are creators out there who get to make whatever they want on the on the platform that they created, you know, on YouTube, or stick to the trends. And my channel and my business and my 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 show is built on the ability to talk about whatever I wanted to all the time. And that changed fundamentally this year. People attacked me for complaining, saying I have a golden spoon, I should shut my mouth, all this stuff. And that stuff is fine. I, 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 you know, people are going to hate me no matter what I do, even though I've worked my best to be heart and hand straightforward. But the one thing I want to add before we move on to the next topic is a lot of people were saying that the show the show's changed a lot from what it used to be and that the gimmick of a man completing a game a week is boring and and, and washed up. And I, I want to reiterate that that's not what that video was about, let alone what I was talking about, let alone was I opening the door for that criticism. What I didn't talk about, and I think it's because in the original cut of the video, it was a lot longer and a lot more aggressive and a lot more angry. What I was referring to is this YouTube change that took place was an overnight change, where out of the blue, a massive drop in 50-60% of our content stopped getting viewed overnight. It's not like, wow, the last seven months, Gerard's channel started sucking. That's actually the exact opposite. In 2019, when we relaunched the newest season of The Completionist, the views on new videos were through the roof. We were crushing it, and we still are when we do topical games, and we do classic games that are from the New Game Plus library. This year, we, we hit um, some bad months in January and February. We saw a pretty big spike at the end of March, 
uh, mid-March. And now in February, we're kind of teetering just because uh, RE3 Remake and, and Final Fantasy VII Remake, are, our videos are about to come out. But I just want to reiterate that if you're a fan of the show and you're listening to this podcast, please tell me what you're thinking. I'm not going to be mad at you. I will say, don't come to my house. Don't call me. Don't don't uh, don't go to the extra mile to harass me. But on Discord, especially you fans on Patreon, on on Twitter, Reddit, just talk to me. I'm listening. I'm here. And if you are going to say fucked up things, then I will respond in fucked up ways. If you will talk to me like a human being, I'll talk to you like a human being. So I just want to get that out there because it's something that's been weighing on me as time has gone on these last few weeks considering that in my personal life when it comes to content creating I feel like I'm having an identity crisis and it's not like the show or how it's made it's more of I'm losing myself in how I create things and this podcast is a result of that this podcast is a means of me showcasing a different side of myself in a way that hopefully you guys can relate to and you know communicate with Let's talk about news. Uh, wow, a lot has changed in the world of games and the world in general. Obviously, the coronavirus has kind of put us all at home. So a lot of us are staying at home, practicing social distancing. You're watching a lot of YouTube. You're watching a lot of Twitch. You're playing a lot of games. All which is great stuff to me. Nothing's really changed in that side of the world from on, on that front. I will say the weird thing about it all is... Uh, I miss my family, I miss my friends, I miss spending time with other people. Uh, thank God for my girlfriend who is really able to put up with my bullshit. <laughs> and thank God for the Twitch chat who's who's been there for me throughout all this too. So, the big thing is that every gaming convention across the board has been shut down for the year basically. Which is kind of crazy. My live tour, which if you guys bought tickets to... Uh, is still happening. The dates have been moved to November, so if you want to come to the live show, you can go to thecompletionist.com slash slash... Ugh, let me try again. Thecompletionist.com slash live. Tickets are on sale. Tickets are sold out to about 30-40% to 40% right now, so there's still some time. I'm not promoting it right now because it doesn't seem appropriate uh, on, on other platforms, but if you want to come and meet me, it's, it's in the middle of November for the uh, two or three weeks, uh, and I'd love to see you. It's going to be a great time. This is the last tour that I'm doing and it's very special to me. It's it's the story of, of my dad and myself and, and the life that I've created doing YouTube. So come on down. I promise you, you will enjoy it. So next thing to talk about, obviously, is Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight. So when Waz came on the podcast, we talked so much about the backstory of, of what takes Shovel Knight, what it took to make it, going into it, the, the inception of it, and, and the struggles of it. So today's episode is going to be a little bit on the shorter end because I don't I, I that's what most of the episodes are talked we talk about. But today, when I talk, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about to me why Shovel Knight is so special and why it resonates with me and how it's now completionist friendly and focuses on rewarding players from every step of the way. It has some exclusive features for the versions you play across the board, whether you're playing PS4. Uh, Nintendo Wii or, or Switch, Nintendo Wii U or Switch, 3DS, as well as the Xbox One and PC versions. If you are in my Discord and you listen to this podcast and you talk to me right now on the Discord channel and you say I don't have Shovel Knight, I will buy you Shovel Knight on Steam. I will buy you the Treasure Trove pack right now. This game is that good. If there, uh, you know how like Matt Pat went to the Pope and was like, play Undertale. Like, that's what he brought to the Pope. 
I would have brought Shovel Knight. I would have been like, listen here, Pope. Listen here, you you holy ass bitch. <laughs> Take Shovel Knight and play it because it will enlighten you. The character of Shovel Knight is is one that is is meant to be interpreted as a character, right? As as the as the player character. There's not really an essence of Oh, that's Mario. That's Sonic. That's that's Zelda. They have or Link. They they talk and they have perspective. It's this is more. Even though Shovel Knight has words and talks, the design of Shovel Knight is very much, you know, reserved for not seeing his face. You can see yourself in that character. Um, if you do the gender uh, the gender manipulation mode uh, features, you can play as a female version of Shovel Knight. You can change their pronouns. You can do the same to Shield Knight, which I thought was really cool too. So just things like that, I think, are, are, are really what makes Shovel Knight great because it allows players to put themselves in the shoes of Shovel Knight any way that they see fit. And the story here is a simple one. It's one that we've seen time and time again. It's nothing too crazy, but what makes Shovel Knight so great is the woven approach to the character work of the NPCs, of the bosses, of the world. The, the Shovel Knight himself and Shield Knight and, and fighting the Enchantress is not that revolutionary of a story, but what makes everything else work is the little the little tidbits of these characters, these character moments, and 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 what gets what's expanded upon what gets expanded upon in Plague of Shadows, Spectre of Torment, King of Cards. Um, the challenges, even Shovel Knight uh, versus Mode or, or Shovel Knight, I think Shovel Knight Showdown. There's so much world building here that you just look at all the design and go, wow, there's so much specific thought and, and, and layering. Obviously, we had to start with the music. You guys know Jake Kaufman. I love Jake Kaufman. He's a good friend of mine. The soundtrack, second to none. This is a 8-bit masterpiece, even though it's not 8-bit. Uh, every aspect of Shovel Knight is begging for remixes, for live performances, for re for reinterpretation. That's how Jake designs his music. He designs his music in a way where if a stranger comes in and listens to it and, and can feel an emotion from it, then it should be it should be recreated in a personal uh, means of communication. And that's just Jake's work in general. You you feel that with Shantae. You feel that with DuckTales, even though that's his interpretation of DuckTales. There's a Shovel Knight rearranged album, arrangement album, that he asked all of his friends and, and family to participate in. I say friends and family, really his friends, that did guest tracks and, 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 and tributes to Shovel Knight, which is such a wonderful thing. Shovel Knight's music is so iconic that it, it feels like it... Fuck the music at this point. I guess what I mean to say is Shovel Knight, as an entire package, feels like a game that was put in the treasure chest, pun intended, and put into the ground, and someone dug it up and found it. That's how good Shovel Knight is. It feels like a game that was made years ago that we just found out is real, and it, and, and it was the perfect game. No bullshit, the perfect game. I really believe that these games are awesome through and through. Now. You'll have to forgive me, when I just decided to do Shovel Knight for the Complete This Game podcast, I had recently completed the the original Shovel Knight campaign, so that was fresh in my, my mind, Shovel of Hope. I have not started Plague of Shadows, Spectre of Torment, or King of Cards, let alone Shovel Knight Showdown. I have played them, uh, I have beaten Plague, Knight, uh, Plague of Shadows, I've almost beaten Spectre Knight, and I've played half of King of Cards. I beat, I beat an older build of King of Cards years ago, that ended up being a completely different game. 
I just want to throw out there that I, I haven't played, I haven't completed those games yet because they're reserved for New Game Plus. I will approach that ship when it happens. But I, I do want to focus today mostly on the original Shovel Knight campaign. So the Kickstarter aspect of Shovel Knight is very interesting, mostly because, and, and, and Waz kind of said this himself, I think they went over, they went in over their head when it came to the rewards and, and the, the, the receiving of what it would take to, to control the scope of Shovel Knight. Obviously, you know, they asked thing for 40 grand, they hit, I think about 250 grand, and, the, and you heard Waz, they ran out of money, they delayed the game, they were working out of pocket, they were worried about deadlines, letting people go. It was truly a passion project, and luckily, Shovel Knight paid off. Obviously, it came out to, to thunderous applause, and continues to do so. For them, I think where the difficulty kind of came into play was adding in the extra characters as as their own campaign because when you think about Shovel Knight you think of him as a pretty universal hero right he's the Mega Man or Mario where he can he has basic functions can jump and platform around but then you get to characters like Plague Knight Spectre Knight and King Knight and you go oh shit these guys weren't designed to play in the in the planes of passage they weren't designed to be you know on the airship with propeller knight they weren't designed for those mechanics so for them, they had to essentially rebuild the game from the ground up. Well, I mean, they didn't do that for, for Plague of Shadows. Plague of, Sh Plague of Shadows is basically, I think, I think, I think, uh, if Waz called it, he said he called it Lion King one and a half, where essentially you know, they took they took uh, Shovel Knight's campaign and they added some pathing that allowed for for um, Plague Knight to go on a different route to experience different moments, but eventually would converge back to the main path. Whereas when you get to Spectre Knight and King of Cards, totally different games that got their own treatment. You have to look at the scope and promise of what Yacht Club did and, and give them props because they did not waver. They said, we're going to do these things despite our promises, and I firmly believe they crushed it wholeheartedly. So Shovel Knight's combat capabilities is relatively simple, right? You don't need to know or button mash a lot with Shovel Knight. To get into the groove of the game. The game has one of the best examples of how to do an intro level in a game I've ever seen. If you look at something like Mega Man X, Mega Man X to me was the pinnacle of how to do an intro level for a game. Shovel Knight came along and, and lit a fire underneath uh, Mega Man X in my eyes. Very rarely does Shovel Knight tell you or stop you dead in your tracks to go, hey, did you know by doing this, this happens? Or, hey, hey, in case you didn't know, do this. The game just kind of throws you in and you are kind of forced to just learn how the buttons work. You know, it, just walking, you see an enemy, what do you do? You start pressing buttons, okay, you know, square or Y or X, that's the attack button. And and B or, a, or cross, rather, sorry, B or cross or or uh, I don't know Xbox controllers anymore, guys. It's been a while. You know, either way, you, you're kind of expected to learn the entire aspect of what's in front of you as you play, and that and that works really, really well. I think nothing is too frantic, nothing is too scary. A lot of it is, hey, you've reached a gap. What do you do? Great. Hey, you've reached an enemy. What do you do? Hey, there's a platform beneath you that you can't actually get to. How, or that you can't progress until you figure out what to do. How do you do it? Oh, you jump and press down or jump and attack. There, there are certain things that the, the tutorial aspect is very finessed purposely 
to slowly push the gamer or player into the right direction. One of the things that people don't recognize is that Shovel Knight, let alone Shovel of Hope, let alone Treasure Trove, let alone every game that's in the pack, has so many goddamn SKUs. Essentially, what I mean SKUs in this case is there are so many specific versions of Shovel Knight broken down that the testing and the amount of patience that this team has put into the game is, is mind-boggling. Just think of it this way. You're making a game. You're an independent developer. You want everyone to play the game as much as possible, right? So you want to, at the time, you're saying Wii U, 3DS, PC, PS3. So yeah, four platforms, right? So that's that's four SKUs, but those SKUs are designed for not even any regions at this point, which means that's four SKUs that are North America uh, or the Americas uh, and, and TSC. There's four SKUs for Japan, and there's four SKUs for PAL, right? The PAL regions. So that's, that's what, 12? Great. Now let's expand it because of the fact that the game is now getting different ports. It comes to PS4. It comes to Xbox One. It, it's on the Vita. Amazon Fire TV. Linux. Mac OS X. In the end, you can play Shovel Knight, the entire collection, on 10 different platforms. Take that and times that 10 by three, that's literally 30 different versions of Shovel Knight that are digitally available in the world. That's not including things like language packs. It's not including things like translations and, 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 and marketing. You look at all of that and you have to take a step back and go, holy shit. To test that, to get it all working across the board, to get it all translated and, and marketed properly, on top of doing things like Amiibo, Yacht Club at the time of Shovel Knight's development, there was barely even 10 people. And now they're they're not even that much more than 10, if I recall. I want to say there may be 20 to 30 people. That is a lot of work to be split for us. That is a lot of work amongst a small, intimate team. So we got to give them props. They, they deserve the praise and that essence of, of really trying to listen to all their fans and get a copy of Shovel Knight available for almost everyone. Completing Shovel Knight is an absolute joy, at least, for, at least for Shovel of Hope, because the challenges that are asked requested of you are not that difficult, but they definitely make achievement hunting and execution on that front really fun. Almost every single item and weapon in the game has an achievement attached to it, which is an exciting thing if you like experimenting with different weapons when you get them. Even the game's more difficult achievements aren't that bad when you think about them. It sounds difficult to beat the whole game without dying once. But when you die, if you just restart the program or, or close the app, you can just play it again. The game only saves when you go back to the main menu. So there you go, it's a hot tip for you. Although they may have changed that to be easier. Either way, it's not that bad. Beating the game in under an hour 30, not that bad as well. It's pretty straightforward. Beating a whole stage without getting a currency, a coin, diamond, whatever, not too bad. There's nothing in the Shovel Knight of Hope campaign that makes it very scary for completionists. Within one day of putting your nose to the grind, I believe that you can complete Shovel Knight, Shovel of Hope. Plague of Shadows does similar feats with regards to Shovel of Hope's campaign, but not nearly as many, and the same goes for Spectre Knight as well. King of Cards, I think, is a game that has just as many trophies or in-game feats as the original. 
Shovelite himself is actually one of the biggest collaborators with the games industry nowadays in regards to his character appearing in several different games. Literally, Shovelite appears as a playable guest character in Indie Pogo, Runbo, Blade Strangers, Cook, Serve, Delicious, Battle Kitchen, Move or Die, Dino Run DX, Runner 3, River Bond, Rivals of Aether, Blaster Master Zero, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Road Redemption, and Indivisible. He's also a secret boss in Azure Striker Gumball 2, which is funny because Yacht Club did the publishing for Azure Striker Gumball 2. And you can only get him if you use the Shovel Knight Amiibo on 3DS. The soundtrack recently got introduced as a special add-on pack for the game Just Shapes and Beats, which is incredible, and it's been labeled as Just Shovels and Knights. Fantastic. And one of the biggest things in the last few years is that Shovel Knight appears as an assist trophy in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, with several of the characters appearing as spirits that you can equip for the game. Needless to say, Yacht Club Games has put in their heart and soul and passion into this franchise, and it's so exciting to see that pay off over time. Looking at the grand scope of things, if I walked away from YouTube right now and decided to become a game developer or a marketing expert or really help other creators out there, whatever I would do, I would want to work for two companies, Nintendo or Yacht Club Games. Hands down, the philosophies of these companies are so tried and true to who I am as a person that I would love nothing more than to give my life to them and, and help create and, and produce and, and get people to play their games more and more. Here's some fun stats for you guys, including Kickstarter backers. Shovel Knight sold about 180,000 copies within a month of the North American launch, and 49,000 of those were on Wii U, 59 were on 3DS, 66 were on Steam. Those are pretty big numbers for a launch title for an independent game. Within six months, they had sold well over 300,000 copies across all platforms. When the game turned one year old, it sold more than 700,000 copies. And by December of 2016, 1.5 million copies. When Yacht Club Games introduced the Treasure Trove add-on pack for everything going forward, the total of the Treasure Trove collection ended up being 2 million copies. And right before King Knight had come out, Shovel Knight total sales in September of 2019 last year were 2.65 million. These numbers are just numbers on a piece of paper. But you have to recognize the brilliance that this game right here came out of nowhere. You had developers at WayForward who were passionate about making games, who want to work on a game together, and they gave their life to this, and it paid off. And it's still paying off. There are now... Shovel Knight basically is now becoming a franchise. Who knows what they're going to make next at this point? I love when games tell simple stories and simple plots, but also figure out ways to let the dedicated fans feel included on the behind-the-scenes aspect of connectivity when it comes to these characters. Why do certain characters make certain choices in the Shovel Knight campaign? Why are they doing it? Why are they saying these words in dialogue? Why are they, behavior-wise, the way that they are? And you take a step back and you play the other campaigns and you get full context and full exposure of what's going on. You know, Waz and I talked pretty deeply about how King Knight went from being this lovable doof to just an asshole and people are surprised and shocked with King Knight and it's kind of like he just goes no I've always been this much of a jerk you guys just didn't think I was so there's definitely some fascinating insight on on the layering of, of 
storytelling and connectivity that's here in the Shovel Knight uh, franchise. So guys, that's it for this podcast. I know it's a bit of a shorter one. I, I blame the coronavirus mostly because I'm I'm uh, figuring out how I want to take this podcast because it, I don't want it to become uh, I'm ranting the whole time. I want it to feel like a book club that we're all playing games together. Uh, so hey, I have some homework for you. If you have not played Shovel Knight and you are on my Discord, please message me and I will buy you a copy. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes and you have not played Shovel Knight, and you really, really, really want to play it, I will give away a handful of copies. Just tweet at me, let me know you heard this, and I will give you a few copies. Uh, I'll, I'll give out a couple of copies. I don't want to get too crazy, because if there's hundreds of you, let alone thousands, I'm going to be really sad, because I'll be broke and I can't do that. But let me give you guys a game to play in the next couple of weeks to months, considering that the world is shut down. So guys, I'm your the Completionist, and I'll see you next month for another episode of the Complete This Game podcast. Thanks for listening, and take it easy.